You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire, and we're back. The countdown begins. We are less than one week away from Baltimore football, and this is something we've been dreaming of all offseason. We've talked time and time again about just how exciting this time is, and we're here. We're flipped into regular season mode, and I mean, it's just, it's honestly unbelievable. I'm excited. I have no words, and I'm trying to put it into words for this show, but honestly, I just can't wait. Like, I want to fast forward to Sunday. You know, the energy, and it, of course... No fans in the stadium. It's going to be tough. It's going to be different. But we can all show our support from home. We can all show our support by watching the games, by cheering on the players. And and even though they're not going to see that support during the game, you know, they know that Ravens fans are the best in the entire NFL. And so while they might not be hearing the fans right from the stadium, I'm sure that our cries and our spirit will be felt by them throughout this entire NFL season. But again, we are shifting to regular season mode here on Locked on Ravens. Now, if you were here with us last season, we got into a pretty nice routine and we're going to stay pretty similar, but that routine is actually going to shift around a bit. Now, as I mentioned, the what-if segments are going to kind of go away for a little bit. They're not going to just disappear off the show completely, but we used to do our what-if shows on Mondays. Now we're going to save those for our game recaps, obviously, on games that happen on Sunday. And, you know, maybe on the days where the Ravens have a bye week or a Monday night game or a Thursday night game, we're obviously going to save those for game previews or game other stuff, but we'll also put some what-if segments in there. So on Mondays, we're going to do our game recaps. On Tuesdays, that is actually going to be our day still with Spencer. There's still some game reviews there, some other notes that he will talk about with us. So we're going to have Spencer with us throughout the entire season as well. On Wednesdays, this is where things change up a little bit from last year. Last year on Wednesdays, we did our crossover Wednesdays. Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has decided that those are actually going to shift over to crossover Thursdays. That gives us a chance to get into the injury reports a bit more, to be a little bit closer to game time so we know a little bit more information while we're talking about the teams. So we're going to be doing crossover Thursdays. So what does that mean for Wednesdays? Well, that is a bit of an open day, but to be honest, I'm going to keep that and shift that into our fan mailbag days. Now, we've been doing our fan mailbags on Thursdays, but that is going to change. And starting this week, we are going to be moving our fan mailbags to Wednesday. But this week on Wednesday, we actually have a guest we're going to bring on. So we'll still be doing our mailbag, but we're actually going to have a guest on as well. Then Thursdays, I mentioned the crossover Thursdays. And then Friday is still our day with Matthew Stevens of Ravens Wire. So regular season mode is upon us, but today we're going to be getting into a cut day recap. Getting into, in the first segment, a review of who the Ravens cut. In the second segment, getting into their actual final 53-man roster for now. And then in the third segment, talking about the practice squad and also how the roster might change in the coming days, coming weeks. 
talk about Jadavia and Clowney a bit, and more. So we're going to get into all of that, but before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and where there's a podcast, we are there waiting Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern Time with the regular season, a lot more Ravens content coming your way. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnRavens and my personal account at KOstriker34. So with all that being said, let's now jump in to the Ravens and the transactions they made, the players that they released to get their roster down to 53. Now, I'm just going to read the list outright that the Ravens put out, and then we're going to dive in a little bit to what this means for these certain players and for the team as well. So... The Ravens cut tight end Jarrell Adams, defensive backs Terrell Bonds and Khalil Dorsey, quarterback Tyler Huntley, defensive back Josh Nurse, tight end Charles Scarf, defensive back Nigel Warrior, defensive end Marcus Willoughby, linebacker Aaron Adoye, center Tristan Colon-Castillo, guard Parker Einger, wide receiver Jalen Moore, defensive back Jordan Richards, wide receiver Jaleel Scott, linebacker Christian Welch, tight end Eli Wolf, running back Kenyon Barner, defensive tackle Aaron Crawford, guard Will Holden, long snapper Nick Moore, defensive end Charles Ponce Rivers, punter Johnny Townsend, and running back Tyson Williams. Now, this was a decently, you know, not surprising cut day for Baltimore, but there were a few that shocked me. The one, obviously, that shocked me the most was Nigel Warrior. Warrior had ultimately the best preseason out of any Raven, you could say. Now, obviously, some of the veterans probably beat him out in that regard. There have been a couple who've just earned rave reviews. Even rookies, J.K. Dobbins, guy who has drawn absolutely great reviews at training camp. But Nigel Warrior was honestly the guy who I thought would keep this undrafted rookie streak alive. And this streak, the 16-year streak of Ravens keeping an undrafted rookie on their roster ends this season. And part of it does have to do with no preseason. Part of it does have to do with the fact that this team did not get a chance to see these guys in live action. So they're obviously going to go with the veteran players who they have seen in live action. And that brings me to the next surprise cut, which is Tyler Huntley. Now, all the reports coming out of training camp, every single one, or at least most of them, said that Tyler Huntley, far and away, had a better camp than Trace McSorley. But the reason Trace McSorley stuck on this roster was not because of the camp he had, you know, even if it was bad, it was because of the experience. The Ravens know that he's been in the system for a year. The Ravens know that he knows the playbook. So in the disaster event, the doomsday event, the Robert Griffin III and Lamar Jackson both go down. They feel much more comfortable with a guy like Trace McSorley out there than a guy like Tyler Huntley. Not because of the skill differences, not because of who had a better camp, but ultimately, it just comes down to experience. Huntley, we'll talk about in the third segment, was re-signed to the practice squad. Baltimore, really, really high on Tyler Huntley. Another guy that surprised me was Jarrell Adams. Why did this surprise me? Not necessarily because I think Jarrell Adams is the answer at the third tight end position, but because the Ravens only have two true tight ends on this roster now. Jarrell Adams, Charles Scarf, Eli Wolf, all released. Jacob Breland on IR. So what does that mean for the Ravens? Well, this could mean one of two things. I want to talk about it a little bit. You know, the first thing is they're really confident in their group right now. And you'll say, well, what? They only have two tight ends on the roster. It's Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle. Yes, but they also have Patrick Ricard on that roster, who has been getting looks in three tight end sets this offseason and in this camp, and has looked darn good doing so, according to a lot of the reports that are coming out of camp. Ricard is somebody who was very, very versatile, right? We, we know that. He plays fullback and defensive tackle, but he does a lot. He's learned to catch the football. We saw those bad drops from Patrick Ricard in his first few years, right? We, we saw that, you know, he was wide open in the flat, and he just ultimately just could not hang on to the ball. 
but he's cleaned up on that. We've seen in highlight videos the Ravens have brought out that he's making contested catches. He's making acrobatic leaping catches. The Ravens will use Patrick Ricard in three tight end sets this year. Now, what does that mean for the fullback position? Well, the Ravens might be chopping down on that a little bit, but honestly, I expect the Ravens are in a lot of two tight end sets, but really, this, this move signals to me that Baltimore honestly could be using two running backs on the same field at the same time. We could see a lot of looks with Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins in the backfield together. That could make things deadly for this offense. And not that it wasn't deadly enough already, right? But the Ravens, they know Greg Roman is creative. They know that they can trust him to come up with personnel groupings that really work in this offense. I'm very confident in what Greg Roman brings to this table right now in terms of making it work with two tight ends. But the other reason I think the Ravens went this direction was because they did add Eli Wolf back to the practice squad. Now, Wolf ha had an interesting training camp, right? He showed some flashes, but also just got injured too much. It was the injuries for him. So what the Ravens might be doing right now is with the new rules for the practice squad, you can actually bring up two guys to the active roster on game day, so that roster actually expands to 55 players. The Ravens might bring up Eli Wolf and activate him as their third tight end and take advantage of the fact that they can stash him on the practice squad while being able to stack depth at another position, which Baltimore needed with keeping three quarterbacks and four running backs. Honestly, it's genius work by Eric DaCosta if that's what it ultimately comes down to. But really, if the Ravens decide not to bring in a Delaney Walker, there's a Crockett Gilmore workout that's supposed to happen, right? There are a lot of different scenarios that Baltimore literally just sticks with the personnel on their roster and their practice squad because of the unique rules that have been put into place during this coronavirus pandemic. And not to mention that Jarrell Adams is also on the practice squad, so maybe it's Adams that gets brought up until Wolf is fully healthy. So many different options here. Rounding out the rest of the cuts... Jaleel Scott was a guy who we, we talked about before, just could not make the cut because the Ravens are keeping six wide receivers and they value Chris Moore's value on special teams. That, that's just what it came down to. Aaron Adoye is somebody who had a strong camp, but again, just did not make the cut because Baltimore ultimately goes and keeps five outside linebackers if you keep Jihad Ward as an outside linebacker. Charles Scarf, again, not a great camp for him. Josh Nurse, a really great camp, and we'll talk about in the second segment, actually did not get an invite to the Ravens practice squad. So interesting there. Overall, not an overly surprising cut day for Baltimore. They didn't make the, you know, splash cut. Honestly, this quote-unquote splash cut came in the form of Dayla Mack a few weeks ago. So that's really what happened to, you know, where's the Ravens' big cut? Why isn't Ben Powers on there? Well, he did enough to make the roster. The Ravens still like his potential. That's what happened there. So the Ravens have their 53-man roster set, and we are going to be talking about that and more when we get back from our first break. So stay tuned for that, and we will be right back. But before you do that, this season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the guts calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game, every week. It's all about the action and all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. And we are back with our second segment of this Monday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostrecker, your host, still talking with you here. And we just got into the Ravens' cuts that they made to get their roster down to 53. 
But let's now focus on the guys who actually did make the 53-man roster. So for this segment, we're just going to go through a full positional breakdown. Every single guy who made this roster from the unknown guys or the guys who were on the bubble who made it to, to the stars who were guaranteed the veterans. So we're just going to jump right in here. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's making this roster. Come on. Robert Griffin III also making the roster along with Trace McSorley as we talked about. Now, a little bit into this quarterback competition, I guess. The only competition that there was was that third quarterback position. We talked about why Trace McSorley made it. It was purely for the experience. But really, the Ravens know that Robert Griffin III is most likely not going to be in a Baltimore uniform next offseason. And you might be asking, well, why is that the case? Robert Griffin III has made it pretty clear that he wants to be the starter on an NFL team. And I think he deserves the chance or the opportunity to go out and compete for a starting job. He knows that Baltimore is not his final destination and Baltimore is not his final destination because Lamar Jackson is on the roster. Lamar Jackson is the future of this team. And ultimately Robert Griffin III will not get the chance to compete for the starting job because Lamar Jackson has that for the next decade or so. So Robert Griffin III is not going to be on this Ravens roster most likely unless he has changed his tune and is completely fine backing up Lamar Jackson. And don't get me wrong, he likes Baltimore. He loves Baltimore. He's very grateful for the chance to be back in the league, to be back in the NFL, and he's enjoyed his time. But really, it's not his goal to be a backup, it's his goal to be a starter. So the Ravens with Trace McSorley, maybe he is the backup or Maybe the Ravens are going to keep three quarterbacks next season as well, but it's going to be Lamar Jackson, Trace McSorley, and Tyler Huntley. Now, you can never have enough depth at any position, but, you know, when teams keep three quarterbacks, it's usually, ah, well, quarterbacks barely ever get hurt, and when they do get hurt, your season's over. Well, no, because Lamar Jackson, even if he goes down, I think Robert Griffin III can get this team to where they need to go. So if he does leave, they want to have guys who are ready to step up and compete for the backup job. So maybe it'll be McSorley and Huntley who both make the team next year. So McSorley stays and there might have been a chance he got claimed. So I think Baltimore just wanted to play it safe, keep the guy who has had preseason and has tape on him, whereas Huntley, he's the undrafted rookie, so there's no tape on him. Next for the running backs, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, and Gus Edwards all making the roster. We've talked about this all offseason. I'm not really going to get too much into it right now. These are the four who are expected to make the roster. These are the four who did make the roster. The Ravens are going to have to find a way to get these guys all involved, and it'll be interesting to see how they do it. At the tight end position, you have Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, the two guys making the roster. Two only for a team that used three tight ends a ton last season. Now with Hayden Hurst gone, they're going to be relying on Nick Boyle to step up. And the big question, are they going to bring in somebody like a Delaney Walker or I guess a Crockett Gilmore to be their third tight end? Or will they take the non-traditional approach, bring up a guy like Gerald Adams, Eli Wolf from the practice squad, or just let Patrick Ricard do his thing at the third tight end position? The wide receivers, we also talked about a pretty good bit, so I'm not going to get too much into them. Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, Miles Boykin, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, and Chris Moore. The big the big battle here was for the sixth receiver spot. Chris Moore versus Jaleel Scott. Chris Moore won out because of his special teams ability. People are quick to criticize Chris Moore on his offense, and I'm one of them, but he brings so much value to special teams that I honestly cannot argue with this decision because you're not going to get too much out of your sixth wide receiver from an offensive perspective anyway. If he can be a top special teams gunner in the league, I mean, I'll take that 10 times out of 10. 
On the offensive line, you have Ronnie Stanley, Bradley Bozeman, Matt Skura, DJ Fluker, Orlando Brown Jr., Tyree Phillips, Ben Bredesen, Patrick McCurry, Ben Powers. Those are the guys right now. Ben Powers was the guy who was considered a huge, huge potential cut, but I, I don't know. I mean, I could see it, but at the same time, I really, really couldn't because of the fact that Baltimore, I think, sees a lot of potential in Powers. He did have that redshirt year under Marshall Yonda. A preseason, I think, would have helped him a lot. He did have a strong showing in the Week 17 game against Pittsburgh when he played some left guard. But ultimately, the Ravens decided to go with, again, experience. There was potentially, you know, Will Holden making this roster or Parker Einger making this roster, but at the end of the day, experience won out, draft picks won out, but now what will the starting lineup for this Ravens offensive line be? For the defensive line, we have Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, Justin Matabuike, Broderick Washington, Patrick Ricard, and you could classify Jihad Ward in there as well alongside Justin Ellis. Now, Ward is somebody who can play both defensive end and outside linebacker. I mean, the Ravens defensive line, the front seven in general actually, is very, very, very versatile. You have guys like Jalen Ferguson and Panoma McPhee who are both listed as outside linebackers who we'll get to in a second, but they can play inside and arguably are more effective playing inside because of their bigger frames. You have guys like Calais Campbell who can both play at the defensive tackle position. You can put him at defensive end and he'll do work. If you really need to, he could, he could play a nose tackle. Brandon Williams, we saw him at defensive tackle last year. He's going to be the primary nose tackle though. Derek Wolf, you can also put at the defensive tackle position and also play defensive end. So again, a very, very versatile group. Not a lot of surprise here. I mean, again, the surprise was Dayla Mack. He's been gone for a while, so I don't necessarily think that a lot was necessarily shocking from the group who made the roster on the defensive line. Moving on to the outside linebackers, Matthew Judon, Tyus Bowser, Jalen Ferguson, and Pernell McPhee. Now, again, if you want to classify Jihad Ward as an outside linebacker, you know what? He can do it. He can play it. But again, the Ravens wanted to keep these four guys. They were in the hunt for Jadavian Clowney, but I think, again, they like their guys. I'm totally content with them keeping four guys. If they end up getting an injury, if there's an injury that does happen to that group, I would expect them, if Clay Matthews is still out there, to kick the tires on him to see if he'd be willing to suit it up in a Ravens uniform. At the inside linebacker position, we have five. Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, LJ Fort, Chris Board, and Otara Alaka. Now, this is the positional group that I actually found the most interesting when sorting through the Ravens' 53-man roster. Chris Board is somebody who I thought was going to make the roster. He's a good special teamer, brings experience, as I've mentioned. But Otara Alak is somebody who I honestly had left off this roster, and not because of the fact that I think Otara Alak is a bad player. I think he actually has a lot of potential, and I'm very high on what Otara Alak can bring to this Ravens team. But I had a Jarrell Adams instead of an Otara Alaka. I did not personally think the Ravens were going to keep two tight ends on this roster, two pure tight ends on this roster. And ultimately, that was where I think Otara Alaka kind of missed the cut for me. But I'm happy they did get to keep Alaka. But if they do decide to bring in a veteran, I think Alaka is honestly the first to go. Now at the cornerback position, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, Tavon Young, and Anthony Averett. This is a little dicey to me. The Ravens only keeping five cornerbacks and then moving to the safeties, Chuck Clark, Deshaun Elliott, Geno Stone, and Anthony Levine. Five cornerbacks and four safeties. We've seen teams keep six quarterbacks and five safeties. The Ravens are going extremely thin 
at the secondary position. Now, I don't think that rules out them bringing in another veteran guy. I honestly think they could promote Nigel Warrior to the active roster, and then there you go, there's your fifth safety. But HaHa Clinton Dix is available. Brandon Carr actually signed with the Dallas practice squad yesterday. So unless Baltimore signs him to the active roster, he is not an option anymore. So, I mean, again, the Ravens trust their guys. They're very high on Anthony Averett as well. I think he has a lot of potential. I think he was thrown into the fire, honestly, a bit early last season, and that ultimately proved to be his downfall. But the Ravens, for a full 53-man roster, and we, again, can't forget the special teamers in Justin Tucker, Sam Cook, and Morgan Cox, I think they did a pretty good job of making sure they didn't have any glaring weaknesses. They have the practice squad depth to go in and say, all right, only two tight ends on the roster, only five corners, only four safeties. We can go and we can bring two guys up who can contribute on game day. But for the most part, I think Baltimore did a phenomenal job. There were a few surprises here and there, but the 53-man roster is looking like a Super Bowl contenders, and I'm excited to see what they can do in 2020. We're going to head into our final break now, but when we get back, we're going to be talking about the Ravens practice squad, who they brought back, and talking a bit about how their roster could shift over the next few days and a few weeks. So stay tuned for that, and we will be right back. But before we do that, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious with six new flavors, including caramel, brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They're healthy. They're great for the health conscious person because you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. So be sure to go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Also, from September 9th to the 26th, join the Maryland SPCA for the Virtual Festival for the Animals, a classic walkathon to support homeless pets. Join a community of pet lovers, including Ravens General Manager Eric DaCosta, and take 3,000 steps a day by walking, running, or playing with your pet. Every mile completed will unlock $100 in donations to the Maryland SPCA. If they reach their goal of 650 miles, they'll unlock a total of $65,000. The Maryland SPCA has supported animals in Baltimore for 150 years. You can help them provide life-saving health care, pet food, assistance so people can keep their dogs and cats and adoption services for homeless pets. Visit festivalfortheanimals.org to take a step and support a pet. And we are back with our final segment of this Locked on Ravens episode. Your host Kevin Ostrick is still here with you on our opening episode of the week. And we just talked about the Ravens and their 53-man roster, but we also talked about their cuts in the first segment. So now let's bring it back a bit and talk about the practice squad. Baltimore made the additions to their practice squad, rounded it out with everybody being from their training camp. And again, this is just what happens when you talk about the coronavirus and how it has affected sports and obviously the world. But Baltimore is going with guys who have been in their system, who knows the system. And I think that's going to ultimately pay dividends when there has to be guys who are brought up for the active roster and also maybe if there is an injury. So for Baltimore, I'll read down the practice squad list and then we'll get a bit into who are going to be or who I think are going to be the impact players who could be brought up and make an impact. So tight end Jarrell Adams, defensive back Terrell Bonds, defensive tackle Aaron Crawford, guard Will Holden, wide receiver Jalen Moore, defensive back Jordan Richards, defensive back Nigel Warrior, running back Tyson Williams, linebacker Aaron Adelie, Center Tristan Colon Castillo, defensive back Khalil Dorsey, quarterback Tyler Huntley, long snapper Nick Moore, defensive end Chauncey Rivers, linebacker Christian Welch, and tight end Eli Wolf. Now, a quick note here is I think Nick Moore is a forgotten man. He is actually someone who was signed 
after his stint with the Tampa Bay Vipers out of the XFL. So interesting that Nick Moore sticks around, but a punter does not. They get the extra long snapper, not the extra punter to kind of ease the workload on Morgan Cox. But I mean, the biggest thing here is that the Ravens got all the guys they want back. They got Jordan Richards back and Nigel Warrior back. My guess is that definitely one of the two guys brought up from the practice squad to the active roster every week is going to be one of those two guys, Jordan Richards or Nigel Warriors. I mentioned the Ravens and only nine defensive backs, five corners, four safeties. That's a pretty low number, to be honest. So when looking at it, I think that the Ravens are going to want to bring up that experience in Jordan Richards or kind of the more wild card rookie in Nigel Warrior. Now, Richards is known for his special teams, so it's a good thing that they were able to bring him back. But a few guys who actually didn't make the practice squad who I expected to, Marcus Willoughby was one. John Docker was one that Matthew kind of talked about as, oh, maybe they cut him to get him on their practice squad to make sure that they told teams or they were sending the message to teams that, oh, he's really not that good. Well, he's not there. Charles Scarf, not there. Jaleel Scott, also not there. And also Josh Nurse, somebody who I thought had a very strong camp. The Ravens up to go with Terrell Bonds and Khalil Dorsey as their corners. But, I mean, this is a pretty good practice squad, all things considered. They really like Aaron Adoye, the linebacker. He had a really strong camp. They really like Christian Colon Castillo. He might be an option if Macari or, or Bradley Bozeman or Matt Skura goes down to be brought up. Chauncey Rivers is the guy. They list him as a defensive end, but he can do both. He can play outside linebacker and defensive end. The last chance you guy along with Tyree Phillips, he beats out John Daka and Marcus Willoughby for the spot on the practice squad. We talked with Andrew Wade from Lockdown Hawkeyes about Christian Welch. Really good run stuff, a really high motor, really good energy. He's a guy who the Ravens liked a lot in training camp as well, although we didn't hear his name a ton. Someone who came on really late in training camp who Baltimore is fortunate enough to bring back. That is wide receiver Jalen Moore, a big guy, physical guy, showed a lot of nice traits in the last few days of training camp according to reports that have come out of there so very good and also Tyson Williams after being signed as a guy out of BYU late in camp came on and ultimately got the spot for the Ravens as their guy on the practice squad at the running back position so the Ravens practice squad is set but now how is this roster going to shape out how if an injury happens or how if there's a guy who the Ravens just need to sign and they're too good to pass up on or if a trade happens who are going to be the guys to go on that 53-man roster? Well, I think Otaro Alak, as I mentioned, is the number one guy, to be honest. After that, the Ravens are going to have some some pretty tough decisions. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie about it. Honestly, thinking about it, I, I don't know who you cut. I don't know who you cut. It's going to be tough. The Ravens have a lot, a lot of wiggle room on their practice squad, but not a lot, a lot of wiggle room on their roster. Maybe McSorley goes. Maybe it's going to have to be McSorley who, who gets sacrificed. But again, maybe if the Ravens make a trade, they have to throw a player in there, and that ultimately maybe gets them a better player. But the Ravens on their 53-man roster don't have a lot right now to, to, to sacrifice and to wiggle with. There's not room. To make an addition right now, to be honest. The one guy who I can see them making a little bit of room with is Alaka, but outside of that, I don't know. It's going to be tough for them to decide. That's why the Ravens, I don't think, brought in Clowney, not because they don't have wiggle room. If the Ravens want a player, they will get a player. But we saw with Clowney, his price, one year, $12 million, up to $15 million. It's a pretty steep price to pay, not going to lie. So 
Baltimore, I think, made the right decision there. And in, in terms of restructuring, the Ravens, I mentioned this on Twitter, were not going to sacrifice future years of cap space to sign Jadavian Clowney this year. They were not going to restructure guys like Marcus Peters and all those guys to make room. They already have to guarantee some of Earl Thomas's salary for next year. That's going to set them back. That pretty much was their restructure. They don't want to get into a situation like Joe Flacco and the Ray Rice dead cap hits and a lot of other dead cap hits that they have had to incur over the years. They'll have to suck it up with Earl Thomas, but they don't want to have to go through cutting a guy and having to see that cap hit be super, super huge for a year or two because of the fact that they wanted to make more room to ultimately sign a guy who only stuck around for a year. That's not the Ravens' MO. That's not how the Ravens do things anymore. Eric DaCosta, very, very smart with that. So I'm very pleased about that. In terms of guys who got cut who could potentially make their way onto Baltimore's roster, I mentioned Brandon Carr no longer an option unless they want to sign him to the 53-man roster. He goes to Dallas on their practice squad. But I think Ha Clinton Dix is a perfect fit for Baltimore. I also think, again, I mentioned Clay Matthews. He could be a guy who the Ravens swap out with Latara Laka if they don't feel that, like they're getting enough exterior pressure. Baltimore has a lot of options, but again, not a ton of roster wiggle room right now to make it. Now, as we see injuries happen, unfortunately, they always do. We'll start to see the Ravens get a little more wiggle room as IR kind of opens up some things. But you don't want to wish injuries on anybody. I, you wish, wish the roster stays just how it is right now. But at the end of the day, it is football. Injuries happen on any given play. So a very interesting weekend for the Ravens. First with cut day, then with the practice squad and finalizing that 53-man roster. They are in good shape for the 2020 season. That's all I have for you guys today. When we get back tomorrow, it's more Ravens talk from us here on the show. So stay tuned for that, and I will see you tomorrow.